0: Presents Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout because the podcasting world needs yet another movie review show. I am Rick, also known as Not Jeff from Jeff and Rick Presents, and I love movies. Love movies so much that I have broke into the Long Box Crusade headquarters, into their attic, and I'm just storming their collection of all their greatest hits. But, you know, I don't need to do that. I've got all my own movies. It's just more fun to take other people's. But I'm off topic. Getting back on topic, I like to find people who haven't seen a certain movie that they should have. So in order to rectify the situation, I bring them onto the attic, I give them the movie, and I send them home with a free movie and also an opportunity to see a movie they've never seen before. I'm lying about the free movie part. They don't get a free movie. Anyways, I should go ahead and introduce that mystery voice that you all heard. This is actually a real Jeff. Not the Jeff, but a Jeff. Jeff Bollier, one of our fans of Unpacking the Power of Power
1: Pack. How are you doing, sir? Uh, Good, but uh, I I object to the idea that I'm not the real Jeff. I'm pretty sure I came first. I think you might have. You're just not the Jeff that I'm the
0: not Jeff, too.
1: Well, you're also the not Rick that (laughs) I am the son of, because I am a son of Rick.
0: I'm really getting confused at this point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) See, here's how it is. One plus
0: two plus two plus plus one plus one is crash it could have happened that way but how about this way and yes we are just riffing on the clue now Uh, so uh you are a fan of our other show and um you also like movies you've got a pretty deep movie
1: knowledge as yourself don't you i do i I love movies we have an extensive dvd and blu-ray collection and of course so many streaming services these days I even still have movies on VHS. I have movies on Laserdisc, including the original Star Wars trilogy. Nice! So, uh, Han not only shot first, he shot only. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I
0: think I have uh, my DVD copy of the original, and that's the only one I will play. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I do not have a Laserdisc. I never had a Laserdisc uh, player, so I never picked up any Laserdiscs, but And I also never got any uh, beta either. But (laughs) uh, other than that, I have the entire gambit of all those types of different media from days gone by as well. You also do a lot with the local drive-in theater, correct?
1: I do. I do social media for what is, relatively speaking, Portland, Oregon's drive-in theater. It's out in Newburgh, which is actually about 30 miles from Portland. Uh, I've been doing their social media for about a decade and a half now. That's mostly been Facebook. They had someone start to do Instagram and then she moved away. So now I do Instagram also, but someone else does the Twitter. I'm not that much into the tweets or the twits.
0: (laughs) Hey, watch what you call me, man. Watch what you call me. (laughs) That's my worst Rodney Dangerfield that I could possibly do. So it, it actually seems very difficult to find
1: a movie that you hadn't seen. It was, uh, for the most part, if it's a movie I've been interested in seeing, I've seen it, uh, and, and then some. Well, that, that makes the list that you sent me very interesting,
0: because this must have been the bottom of the barrel for you.
1: Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> More along the lines of things that I just never got around to. For example, the list that I included, uh, the list included Dune, uh, the one with Kyle MacLachlan and Patrick Stewart. I own it! I have it on VHS and I've never watched it. I just never got around to it.
0: Well, I I do have some bad news for you because you're not going to see it this time either. (laughs) That is not what I picked for you. But are you ready to find out what I did pick for you? I am so ready. All right. I decided to go into the Arnold Oeuvre and give you Running Man from 1987. Okay. The dystopian action film directed by Paul Michael Glazer really is, is directed was he starsky or hutch he was detective david starsky from starsky and hutch <laughs> and he's the one who directed this movie so there you go <laughs> mind blown this film also stars though arnold schwarzenegger maria canciada alonso Yafet koto Richard Dawson and a mess of other people that, you know, as they show up on the screen, you're going to be like, are you kidding me? Well, if you're going to have a game show, you kind of need to have Richard Dawson. You kind of do. You kind of do. So what do you know about this film?
1: Uh, You know, beyond what I just said, that it has to do... It's like a a reality show in the future, although the term reality show didn't exist when the movie came out. I... where he's basically running for his life. is like Survivor, where he could actually not survive. There's the actual chance of death.
0: It's kind of the Hunger Games before Hunger Games. Yeah,
1: or, or death, death Race 2000 kind of idea, minus the cars. Yeah. Why haven't you seen this? Uh, I wasn't allowed to see our movies when I was a kid at my parents' house. And... Once I was old enough and on my own, it just slipped through the cracks. I had other things to watch, other things to rent. And so when you were asking for movies that I might be interested in, part of what I thought about was actors I like. And so I would look up the actors and look for things that they've done that I haven't seen. And turns out I've seen a lot of Schwarzenegger, but not that one. Well, all right. I
0: am glad to give you the opportunity to see this film. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be interesting and I'll be very curious to know your opinions of this movie.
1: I suspect it's going to fit in with the weird Wednesday kind of stuff that I tend to watch on Wednesday evenings. Well, I will find that out in the near future.
0: And and after you watch it on your weird Wednesday, you can come back here. We can have a chat about it, but in the meantime, I'm going to leave our listeners with the trailer for 1987's The Running Man.
1: In the year 2017 an innocent man accused of a crime has a choice hard time or prime time sensational perfect contestant i want him he must pay or play the running man on your mark i'll be back Go. the highest rated tv show in history I guess they want us to stay. It's a game between life and death. Give you a lift. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is. The Running Man. He's playing for a prize. The prize is his life. How about the life? The
0: Running Man. And we're back from that wonderful trailer. Let me give you a quick synopsis of the film, if it's been a while since you've seen it. The year is 2019. And the US has become a totalitarian police state after a worldwide economic collapse, and the government controls the population through state sponsored entertainment. Phew, glad we dodged that bullet. Anyway, the most popular TV show is The Running Man. In it, prisoners are allowed an opportunity to run through a violent gauntlet in order to earn their freedom. Ben Richards is a political prisoner blamed for the deaths of civilians that he did not cause. After escaping from prison and refusing to help the underground resistance, he is recaptured and placed into the game show. But he is not your normal contestant. So, I mostly just left it there because we're going to get into the meat of it after that. Let's just say that, spoiler warning, he gets out. But uh, we'll get into exactly what that looks like. But first, Chef, what is your impression of this film?
1: My impression of this film, it was... Pretty much what I expected. Now, my expectations weren't that high. (laughs) So, you know, it was pretty much what I expected. Uh, As you know, Rick, I watch a lot of weird movie stuff. Uh, There's an on, well, it used to be in the theater. Now it's gone online. Every Wednesday, I watch a weird Wednesday movie courtesy of the Joy Cinema and Tiger. And so I'm used to watching, frankly, movies like this. I'm predisposed to like it even if it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> so in that sense it met every expectation you possibly could have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Meeting expectations, high marks, quality. Um... <laughs> well,
0: let's get into talk about the quality because uh, like I said, this is a 1987 film. Uh, first thing we can say right off the bat is uh, that is not quite what 2019 looks like, but it's not too far off. No, <laughs> it's not.
1: The parallels between their 2017 and now mm-hmm. are really strong yeah, and kind of suck.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean... We can always say it could be worse, and I guess we could be that far down the barrel. But, I mean, it, it's close. I, we look at something like The Running Man, and I could say, well, we did have Survivor. So, is not that far <laughs> off? I mean...
1: At least Survivor was a little more voluntary.
0: <laughs> at the end, I think that we were the ones that were on the TV show because we were being forced to watch it because we couldn't get away from it. But, yeah, that's beside the point. <laughs> So, let's talk about some of the, the things we liked and didn't like about this film, because I think that we've got a lot of meat on here. Uh, tell me, what, what are some of the things that you that, that you really liked about the film to start with?
1: Well, uh, I really like looking at Maria Conchita Alonso. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are two really great actors in this film. uh Yafakoto and Jim Brown are both in this movie. Yes. And... I'm tempted to say they're underrated, just because these days people that are younger than us don't know those names very well. Right, and the you know for the seventies and eighties they were phenomenal actors. Mm-hmm. They're clearly the best two people in the movie.
0: Yeah, I can I can go with that. I can as far as
1: acting talent goes. Uh, uh,
0: maybe I, I might give a little bit of a push, just a little bit of push to Richard Dawson. He's playing himself. Yeah, but, I mean, he played he's himself,
1: playing, that's not that hard. But he's playing himself <laughs> really well. I mean, Oh yeah, he, I mean, you, you, the kissing and, and, the audience and, members. And, right, I mean, he's <laughs> playing himself, but he's
0: playing the the sleazier side of himself. I mean, he was a really, really well-known, really popular game show host. and yeah. And he was really good at making people like him. And this is, he's just turning that dime, which is pretty impressive that he could do it. It's just he's making himself that sleazy game show host.
1: Now, I'm kind of the opposite with him. The only reason I watched Family Feud was because I loved Hogan's Heroes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Hogan's Heroes is another one that he's on, too. But,
1: yeah. Yeah. Go on, though. Go on, though. Anyway. Yeah. Richard Dawson does a very good job of playing himself. Yeah. Schwarzenegger is early Schwarzenegger. I mean, he's (laughs) a giant walking tank. Acting ability is a little, shall we say, robotic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I
0: mean, this is 1980s Arnold. I mean, yeah. you, you are going to get what you get. It's it's him doing the lines. The reason you can tell his characters apart is the setting that's around his characters. That's it. Because otherwise it's Arnold doing X. The, I, the only exception to that might be Terminator. I think he's got a character with Terminator. Because <laughs> he's not saying anything.
1: Yeah, if anything, he's even colder in Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: This, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger being Arnold Schwarzenegger. You, you get what's on the box on this one.
1: What about the action?
0: How did you feel about the action?
1: Uh, for the most part, I thought the action was really enjoyable. I like the, the pod they're sent into the zone with, you know, to, to get the, to get the players where they're going to be running. First, they're sent in this pod through these tubes that looks like if it's something that you were expecting and paid for might be a hell of a lot of fun. But being in there, knowing that you're going probably to your doom, not so fun.
0: Yeah, the sparks are coming up because it's metal and metal. The sound must be just absolutely horrible. You are locked in there. You can't move. And and it's, you know, you just are just, you're going to have, whatever happens, happens with this. It's an interesting way to insert them into the arena. But once again, it's, yeah. it's an entire showbiz thing. I mean, we want this flashy. We want this interesting. We want it to be fast and furious and we want it to be explosive. So we're going to shoot them down this death tube into the into the
1: zone. OK, let's go for it. For those who have still have not actually seen the movie and don't um, just don't intend to let us define the arena. The arena is not like a Colosseum. No, it is like a city that has been abandoned as far as people living there. It's devastated, and it's used for these extremely sadistic and violent games. Yep. There are no innocent bystanders there because you're either one of the quote contestants end quote, or you're someone there trying to kill them, or you're a rebel trying to disrupt it.
0: You got the rebels who are who have broken in, but you also have at the beginning when they are dropped in there and they slu- and they you know get caught in the net that they're. A pod gets stopped by a net. They have these people who look like they live there. They look like scavengers that come out and unbuckle you and send you on your way. So you have those kind of people that are kind of helping to guide or to. They're part of their kind of audience participation to help. I. I mean that's why they're there. They're also kind of there shaking on the on the on the fence at so, certain times too. Yeah, it's a weird mixture. You're put into a fake place that's just bombed out, destroyed place, and then they insert. It's got a lot to do with Westworld, almost, except that these are real people, not robots. But it's that kind of mentality of a park that you're in.
1: I, and one of my notes was, I, I wondered if this movie was an inspiration for the TV show American Gladiators. <laughs> yeah,
0: Uh, because you can see it and for those of you that don't remember that american gladiators is a game show where you had people who went on there and you had one word action name titles and you fought in these ridiculous ninja warrior-esque type of battles and just you know whoever won the battle you'd go up these these certain ladders it was a staple of early 90s late 80s tv at that point Uh, it started in 89 Ah, there you go i was really guessing i was really guessing on that but man i'm Got it right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I, I had to check, you know, while I was watching the movie, I had to check to see when American Gladiator started to see which one came first. Mm-hmm. And Running Man was clearly first I'm like, well, you know, did did this lead to this? Did X lead to Y?
0: It had to have part of it because, I mean, it's it leads into it very well. They, they have a lot of the same kind of tropes that are there.
1: Well, and then like you mentioned, a couple of decades later, we get Survivor.
0: Yeah. The idea of reality TV, reality TV in heavy quotes, because there is a big part of this that is still produced. Yeah. Yeah. We we talk about the setup of the show. It's it's a way for prisoners to earn their freedom. That's that's the that's what they claim. That's what they claim. That's that's our selling point that they've got. Nobody actually ever leaves. Nobody ever gets out. It's all for the ratings, rating, ratings, because everything is filmed. They're able to film every single part of these games and the games are violent, and people die. But the people that die are the contestants. You know, the, the, the people, that the hunters, they don't get killed. They, they are not, not the ones normally. Who get, Not normally. Until they bring, bring Ben Richards in. But, yeah, it, it's a fascinating setup. And, I mean, I think that's about the most that really is left over from the original book. But, <laughs> I mean, what did you think about that entire plot setup?
1: It does sound like something that would have started in a book, and then was hollywood if you will, and it's it's a believable enough scenario that you know within the last ten years we had another major franchise based kind of on the same idea, mm-hmm. the Hunger Games. Yep, which honestly was done a lot better uh, than the Running Man, but it's still kind of the same idea. It's people being forced to fight uh, for the amusement of the entertainment of the rich and mm-hmm. the placid.
0: And I think that's part of what this movie fails at. If we can go into some of the bads and I think that you've got the same idea here. Let me tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that there's some parts of the book that can get a little more cerebral into the underlying idea. I mean, this is a corrupt system, this is a corrupt society, and what was originally set up as just kind of a fun diversion now is something that's controlling the masses. And it's it's a real Think piece on what does society say? What is the you know? What is the po- what is the controlling class trying to do to con- control the lower class? And, and and how are and how is government using television and, and entertainment to or to to control or to try to trick the viewers or trick the population? And how do we and and how do we fight that? And how do we get back on that?
1: Well, and what the government is doing or in other scenarios hollywood is doing mm-hmm. is they are serving to the lowest common denominator to the basest of interests it's bread and circuses
0: right and the problem of course with this is is that instead of going into some of the deeper themes there it's like okay we've got a really cool setup and now we're going to have action 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 funny line action 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 funny line death 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 oh yeah we have to wrap up the the high level thinking story. Okay. We'll, we'll do that really quickly. It's, yeah. It's like a, the, the rebels win. Yay. What's changed? Nothing. They, they use the same sensationalism to solve the problem. So what are we saying?
1: <laughs> well, and at the, at the end of the day, even though it's been exposed to the public, mm-hmm. that this is a corrupt system, is it actually going to change? Because as we've seen in the past few years, Corrupting gets exposed and people just get on with their lives. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and with something like this, the running man's a TV show. It's the most popular TV show. Okay. This is a corrupt show. Well, we have other channels, right? What's on the other channel? Kind of reminds me of the end of Truman show. The you know, last, last part of the Truman show. It's like, huh, that was interesting. What's on the other channel? I, yep. Click. That's done. Let's go to the next TV show. Let's find the next thing. So that's kind of where the running man ends. It's like, Eh, what's changed? Not much. We've destroyed this one show, hurrah! But let's talk about how we destroyed the show. If you don't want, if you don't mind, we have a number of stalkers, and we should go through and talk about these stalkers because they're interesting.
1: <laughs> well, so in the in the in the reality, as we watch it as a as a movie, these stalkers are super villains because they're going after our hero. Right. To the audience watching the Running Man at home, they're superheroes. Yep. They have code names. They have special abilities. These these are people to aspire to be. I I would
0: say instead of superheroes, I see them more along the lines as professional wrestlers. This is this is early 80s, you know, this is the the WWF, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. I mean, it's it's these kind of people because that's what they're set up as, these great giant warriors who have these special kinks or these special things about them.
1: I see what you're saying, but the wrestlers are also kind of patterned after superheroes. You have have the superheroes and the supervillains in that. I've only recently become interested in professional wrestling, uh, thanks to listening to the next wrestling fan podcast. (laughs) Plug, plug, plug. (laughs) Which is so fun. And because of that, uh, JJ and I are now watching NXT along with the host of that show. And it's Miles and... Miles Schneiderman and Megan Bob. Megan Bob.
0: Miles Schneiderman and yep. yep.
1: you, you know, now that I'm watching this, I'm like, well, wow, you know, so many of these are just straight up superhero, supervillain kind of conventions. Some of the maneuvers these people do, uh, if I saw that in a movie, I would think wire work and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And these people are just doing it in the ring. So it's kind of giving me a better appreciation of stunt people okay. watching wrestlers. We're a little off topic. <laughs>
0: no, I, back when I enjoyed wrestling, that was the thing that I enjoyed most. I mean, the storylines were kind of what kept me in there, but I was waiting to, to see those people who were doing some things that I couldn't possibly do on my best day. And, like, yeah. that takes some... I mean, yes, I understand it's fake, but... You still got to be able to move like that and take the hit, and some of those moves and some of those things that people do are mighty impressive.
1: And the fact that well, and, and sometimes they actually get hurt. Right. No matter and, how much they practice.
0: And, and and that's the thing is that sometimes they get hurt, but the fact that they could do a lot of that stuff without actually hurting themselves and yep. still sell it, bravo. Yeah. Um,
1: but getting back to this, I the
0: heroes, professional wrestlers. There's a mixture in there of what that is because we've got but these, yes,
1: the the uh, Captain Freedom and Dynamo and Buzzsaw and Sub Zero—all these people that are that are chasing the runners. Yeah, and, you know, not just chasing, but literally out there to kill them.
0: So let me ask you, audience member—I've just called you up. I've got my little thin microphone that I'm talking into, and I say, Jeff, it is your lucky day. Which stalker are you going to send out first? <laughs> <laughs> Who is your favorite uh, stalker?
1: <laughs> oh boy. Well, probably Fireball. Yeah? Okay. All right. You know,
0: and, and and that was Jim Brown, who you that's mentioned Jim before. Jim Brown, yep. Let's talk a little bit about Fireball then. He is, yeah, he was part of the last wave that was sent in at the end there. And he was sent in to, after a lot of the other ones had failed, he's kind of one of the last, last runs. He's uh, brought out of retirement because he's older.
1: Now things are serious. Yeah, now things are serious. You said you liked him in this film. Talk about that for a bit. Jim Brown brings a gravitas to any role that he's playing, no matter how silly the movie may be. he elevates it just by being there because he treats it as serious and not not in a mocking way at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he just brings a reality to it, but also i you know I just had the impression from the movie that Fireball was one of the most dangerous people out there, yeah,
0: and I, I think you're right. he actually doesn't seem as as silly as some of the other ones do i think oh yeah
1: dynamo's a joke
0: dynamo's a joke um and and dynamo is played by erland van lit de jude and he comes out wearing well first of all he comes out in a little dune buggy but his entire costume is this uh, it's a suit that's got a bunch of lights on it. he's a very larger man and he can shoot these bolts of electricity which on the surface sounds cool but his other little gimmick is that he likes to sing opera while he's doing it. So, yeah, he is a he is a thing. And the fact that he's driving around in a little doom buggy, he can barely move himself. He is an absolute joke. And when he gets taken out, he gets taken out literally with his pants
1: down. <laughs> well, and I actually found it. I don't want I don't know if it's bad writing or bad directing. I'm going to blame it on the writing first that Dynamo doesn't get taken out. Even sooner, mm-hmm. because that buggy of his is so ridiculous. All Arnold had to do was turn around and jump on the car, and he could have beat the snot out of this guy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that he uh, he left him alone because, well, plot convenience. You wanted him in the third act when he is taken out by Amber. Well, they were trying to make
1: Dynamo seem dangerous. And that little car of his just was, did not come across no, as dangerous. No, it did not
0: come across as dangerous at all. We also have Buzzsaw, who's played by Gus
1: Rethwish. What do you think about Buzzsaw? He certainly looks more threatening. Yeah. Honestly, he looks kind of like he belongs in the Dreadnoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a reference for my friends, people my age. <laughs> Although, actually, he looks more like a Ripper than Buzzsaw. But there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, he does have the the, the terrifying look. He probably goes out in the worst way imaginable out of any of them. Uh, He's vivisected with the chainsaw. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So, yeah, he he gets uh, taken out probably the worst way possible, uh, where he gets vivisected by the chainsaw thanks to Arnold. I guess we could probably... I I think you mean bisected. Yeah, you're right. Bisected, bisected. (laughs) From the most uncomfortable uh direction up uh so he we could probably name the the best and worst deaths i would say that was that would be the worst one on my list Uh, i don't know about you but then and then we also have sub-zero which is in the ice rink and the only thing i liked about sub-zero is that he had the pucks that were explosive (laughs) that's a neat gimmick it's a neat gimmick it's a neat gimmick um i i i enjoyed the little things like that that were in this movie, I think that most of them worked pretty well, except for, like we said, Dynamo. I think that one was the most joke, most of a joke. And then, of course, we, we, we can't leave out of here without talking about Jesse Ventura as Captain Freedom. Speaking of a joke.
1: Yeah. Well, again, as, as someone that they build up through the movie and make him sound so threatening before he actually uh, gets ready to go into action.
0: Yeah. And then it ends up that he is not that threatening at all. Uh, He is way past his prime, and they use him in a green screen. What are some of the things that you just really, really were disappointing that we haven't brought up yet?
1: Oh, I did find it ironic that Dynamo's car wasn't an electric car.
0: Yeah, they missed the boat on that one. (laughs) Um,
1: If that was redone
0: today, especially going into saying that this is 2019, oh, that'd definitely be a joke. He'd be driving a Volt. Get it? Uh... (laughs) Ugh. Yeah, we'll let that one go
1: by. (laughs) You know, I I think as far as disappointment goes, a lot of it is just production quality and quality of the script. Yeah. You know, it wasn't necessarily, I don't think anyone was trying to make a bad movie. No. And there are people that try to make bad movies or just don't care. I, I think they cared. I think they just failed sometimes. But there were so many things. You know, we talked about this earlier parallels to today. Yeah. Police brutality is a big one. Police killing innocent people. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's the impetus for the whole movie is Ben refuses to open fire on innocent people. And then he's framed for it when he's knocked out and the helicopter he's in makes the attack anyway.
0: Yeah. It's the real fake news type of a thing. It's,
1: it's yeah. And I, that's one of my notes is fake news is, So much of that world, it's the government lying to the people about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Or if something true does get exposed,
0: they call it fake news. Yeah. And they're putting more faith into the entertainment. I mean, there's uh, what was the the Department of Justice Entertainment Division? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, they really are monetizing the entire entertainment industry and using it to... Take care of a problem that they have, which is we have an overpopulation of prisons. Well, let's go ahead and entertain people by killing them live on TV.
1: I did think that the guards at the Wilshire Detention Zone sure looked like they belonged in Hydra. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. The the, the costuming, the the effects, the, the set dressing. It's the lower end of the budget of the mid 80s is what we're seeing here and mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a little disappointing for something that probably should have been a better movie, especially coming in 1987. You have somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who has pretty much been established at this point. Oh, he's got definite bankability yeah, at that definite. point. He's already
1: done Terminator,
0: he's done <laughs> Predator. And and you've got a cast that's actually pretty impressive. I mean, you know, the, the acting level is not top-notch, but you've got names that you can still draw people in. I mean, yeah. even even in bit parts, you've got
1: mick fleetwood
0: which is yes yeah, that's that weird. so weird to
1: have on the get on the uh, on the cast <laughs> yeah Play, but playing someone named mick yeah well i mean we don't want
0: to go too far off off field <laughs> uh dweezil zappa is in it Yeah, dwe- <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's like this movie was made by just going out to hollywood and saying hey we need people who's who's free today yeah come on in you know we need <laughs> we just need to have some people here as we start to wrap up though We've kind of been all over the map. Let's let's end on a high note. What are some of the things that that you really enjoyed, though? What what's what's a part of this movie that that actually gave you a good smile or gave you a good chuckle?
1: Well, it did amuse the heck out of me when Bichard, when uh, Ben Richard says, "Killian, I'll be back." <laughs> That's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you, there is this movie is
0: rife with those. I, <laughs> the 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 script is bad we get that but the puns and the pun lines are top-notch Arnold Schwarzenegger and they, they put them in there and they are what you expect to see in here
1: well and so that's another one of my notes is where did you hide that none of your business yeah <laughs> <laughs> when he pulls out a gun from from apparently nowhere yeah
0: yeah uh, <laughs> he, he he blows up fireball what a hothead uh you know <laughs> He's got the, the ice jokes when he's killing Sub-Zero. I mean, it's just, it does not stop. Well, that was just practice for Batman and Robin. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> he he, he, kill, he kills Sub-Zero, though, and what a real pain in the neck. It's I, Yeah, his, Ben Richards' puns are just the classic Arnold puns <laughs> that you are just expecting. And every single one of them, I'm groaning and at the same time going... <laughs> That was good. That was pretty good. (laughs) That was pretty good. (laughs) You have to, you just have to enjoy, enjoy that
1: aspect of it. Okay. My favorite moment in the movie though, is when Killian is in the audience. He's talking to the old lady, Agnes. (laughs) And Agnes sides, starts siding with Ben Richards. Uh And the rest of the audience supports her. Mm -hmm. It's the point that the tide is turning yeah. And it made me feel so much better about their society that they were rooting for who they were told was the bad guy, but they're seeing is not the bad guy. Yep. And they're they're starting to think for themselves. That was my favorite part during the movie.
0: You you also had that kind of on the other side, where they're doing the bets outside, because you have oh, the yeah. giant scoreboard, and the betting just changes. Yeah, the betting changes. All of a sudden, people are not betting on the stalkers; they're betting on Ben Richards. And the people taking yep. the bets are like, "Why not? Sure, okay, let's go ahead and do this." And they write up the new score. They like him because he's killing the stalkers and he's doing it in an entertaining way. And you know, first the audience is against him, and then they're like, "Hey, he's still giving us what he, what we want, and he's doing it even better than the other guys are." So. Let's root for him. And who doesn't want to root for the underdog?
1: (laughs) You know, it occurs to me something kind of major that we haven't mentioned yet is that the government behind the show has made a big deal about two people that survived the show, and they went on to have these great lives. And it's revealed that's fake footage. It's altered, doctored fake footage because Ben and his companions find the dead bodies of these two people that were supposed to have escaped. Yep, And that's part of what gets revealed to not just the studio audience, but the audience all over the country is, you know, you've been lied to about this and this and this. And that's part of it, too, is one of the appeals of the show is there
0: but for the grace of God go I. You've got people who have been put into prison and the way that they are earning their release is by completing this gauntlet. And you have to give the hope. They, the people that make it out, they win the game and they get great lives. That's the underdog. So you, you yeah. Want, they're, they're not
1: just free, right?
0: They're free and living the dream high on the hall. right? So it's like that's what everybody wants. Like we don't want everybody to do it, but some people get it. Great. I, you know, I want to be the Ken Jennings of the Running Man world. You know, I want to be that guy, and I almost got a spit take on Jeff on that one. <laughs> but that that's what they're wanting and that's what they're going for. And once it's shown that no, no, they actually just killed those people, even though they did make it, then what is this all for? What are we rooting for? We're, you know, yes, we want our good guys to win, but if the guy makes it out, okay, that's not fair. But you know what, you know what is fair though? Rating this film. I think it's completely fair that we can rate this film because that's what we do on the show. And I, The way we do that is we do it by bags of popcorn. So Jeff, one to five,
1: how many full bags of popcorn would you give Running Man? In terms of my being entertained, Mm -hmm. a full five. Okay. In terms of a quality movie, a two. Okay, so where would you,
0: are you landing more on the three side or the four side with that, if you were to combine those together?
1: If I was gonna combine those together, I I cannot in good conscience give this movie uh, a four. Mm -hmm. So we'll give it a three. Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: right there with you. I, I think this movie is perfectly fine. I think it fits that middle of the road aspect. It's got everything I want in a good action film. It just, it's missing some of the quality beats to, to bring it up into that upper tier. At the same time, I don't think it's as bad as it goes any lower than that. I agree with your quality on the two. I, I definitely agree with that, but the action beats in it are good enough to keep me entertained for a longer period of time. So I'm right there with you with the three. On our way out the door, do you want to tell the wonderful people in the world where they can find you if they want to hear more of your beautiful voice?
1: Well, as a matter of fact, I have my own podcast network called Podcastcadia. Currently, there are three shows on the Podcastcadia network. The oldest one of those is Heroclix 201. Heroclix is a tabletop game. If you're going to boil it down to the simplest idea, it's chess with superheroes. It's actually a lot more complicated than that. There are a lot of podcasts about hero clicks. What sets mine apart is that I'm talking about the history of the game. So each episode, I'm talking about a different set and some old game elements that just aren't used anymore. Then I also have a podcast with my daughter and friend to your daughter. Nori and I do a podcast called Graphically Speaking. This started as part of her schoolwork since like every other kid in the United States at this point, she's doing school at home. Uh, part of her lessons is doing reading comprehension and we're using graphic novels. And I said, well, if we're going to be discussing this anyway, why don't we record it and put it on the internet? So thus was born. Graphically speaking, we've done four episodes so far. Uh, the first three covered the first three Asterix graphic novels from nice. France. The fourth one is a Mark Wade Justice League story, JLA Heaven's Ladder. And this week, we're going to start working on the first volume of Collected of Lumberjanes. Nice. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. And then the newest project and... I am loving this project so much. It's called the Unpracticed Disorganized Acting Company. And what I do is I take a script from usually from something science fiction and get together in a Zoom meeting and randomly assign the parts. And we do a cold reading. I record it. I edit it, add some music, add some sound effects, get rid of the ums, and then put it out there for people to listen to. And we've done episodes of Star Trek. We've done episodes of Doctor Who. We've done an adaption of a Batman comic book from 1972. And I have us I have planned out every other week into July and even a couple of spots further out in the year than there are, uh, are specific episodes I want to do at specific times. It's a lot of fun. I, I
0: missed the opportunity to be on one of them, and I hope you give me another opportunity because I think it sounds like fun. I would like to do it one of these times. And, and just... You can show up anytime. Yeah, time. Right. We do
1: them every other week. By the time this comes out, it will already have been recorded, but the next one we're recording is a season three episode of Wonder Woman. Oh, jeez. The, the Linda Carter series.
0: <laughs> I missed my opportunity.
1: I could have done a great Linda Carter. <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks after that... I took the comic books, Uncanny X-Men, 141, 142, uh-huh. and we are doing Days of Future Past. We're doing the original story.
0: I would highly recommend checking that out. Uh, by the time this comes out, there's going to be some great episodes, including probably the ones he just mentioned that are out. As for myself, you can find me on Twitter at MMuckAbout Muckabout or on my other podcast, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, which I host with my co-host, a professional stalker that goes by the name Captain McBeardyface but we just call him Jeff. If you would like to be on this show, please feel free to contact me. You can reach me at Jeff and Rick present all one word at gmail.com. And thank you to the long box crusade network for letting me use this beautiful attic of theirs to do this show. I promise we will clean up the blood from this running man episode. Maybe also to Omaha bound. They are currently on their hiatus right now, but if you have some comics that you want to bind up into a beautiful, beautiful binding contact
1: them, they should be probably free by the end of this year. I was just thinking about them earlier, honest to goodness, as I was uh, driving for some errands today, I was wondering what I would send them to have bound. And honest to God, the first thing that came to mind was Marvel did a three-issue A-Team limited series in the 1980s.
0: You need you need to find something to bound with that, though, because it's 75 bucks. And so,
1: I mean, <laughs> you want to get that... I know, it's only three issues. It's not it's not that great of value. Uh, a,
0: that and a few <laughs> other shows, like a few other mini-series of, of TV shows, you could probably put some things together and you, you'd you be all set. <laughs> you know, eight, uh, 80s TV show bound book that'd be fantastic (laughs) I would also like to thank the Longbox Crusade members who helped support this network if you would like to support it please head on over to Patreon and search for the Longbox Crusade that's all the time we have today grab the popcorn pull up a seat because we're going to be back next week with another episode the music for this episode is Fall Back by musical genius Joe November check out his SoundCloud at Josephlin99 That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9.